0: Hey, welcome to the Forward by Faith broadcast. I'm excited that you're here. We're on the way into the sanctuary because we believe that the Lord has a word for us. Come on in and let's see what God has for us. Not looking back. I pass into a higher place no longer way. Sons and daughters of God. I see a thousand stories of how God made a way. All go on and praise him. I see stories of how God is about to make a way. I see stories of how God has made a way. And I see stories of God, of how God is making a way right now. And so we praise him because he's worthy. We praise him because he's a way maker. We praise him because we're his children. And he shows us his love every moment of every day, every breath we take, every beat of our hearts. Every time we can gather together the breath and strength and glory of life just to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you, God. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Give God praise for our pastor, Dr. Tenelle D. Felder. and his visionary leadership. Give God praise for all of the staff and workers and laborers who make this thing happen. Our worship arts ministry, my bros. Reverend Jean, Miss Marlene. mom and elder sister, Miss Deacon Reba, All of those, all of those, sound ministry, everybody, hottest, baddest, dopest band in the land. Sister Cheryl, Miss Pearl, Miss Venus, everybody, give God praise for each other. because you're God's greatest creation. You're his workmanship. And I just want to take a moment and just thank God for my peoples, beginning with my wife. We just crossed the threshold a couple of weeks ago of 26 years. And that's up there in the balcony, and that's 26 years. After the three years that it took for me to put my charms on her and persuade her to marry a broke preacher, that's my story, I'm sticking to it. I thank God for my mother-in-love up there, Miss Ann Davis. For my two sons that are hanging with us today, my eldest, Jair going into, just got in, going into his Ph.D. program, and and my youngest, Jonathan, just made Eagle Scout and whatnot, just turned 18 this week, 18, y'all getting old, 18, (laughs) and about to go off to college, so baby, we about to be empty nesters. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to miss him now. We're going to miss him. we going to miss him. Amen. Y'all need a word. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, and your mercy that endures forever. We thank you that you brought a word. You preach it, God. Send your spirit and let your spirit do the preaching. We thank you, God, for everything, especially for making a way. Even the times you've made ways out of no way at all. We bless your name. We honor you. We praise you. And we're going to hear and feel you in the name of Jesus and do what you say to do. Thank you, God. Amen. Acts chapter 10, beginning with verse, I'm going to continue where the scripture leave, left off. Acts chapter 10, verse 9, and the narrative continues. We're going to walk through this chapter really quickly, but we're going to walk through it all. Um, Acts chapter 10 verse 9, the Bible says, Acts chapter 10 verse 9, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry, say hungry, and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened, and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Y'all praying? Pray with me on this theme. We are taking territory, and the weapon is love. Tell your brother or sister, we're taking territory, and the, we- the weapon is love. Tell somebody else, we're taking territory, and the weapon is love. Say self. We t- I'm taking territory, and the weapon is love. You may be seated. Amen. We're taking territory and the weapon is love. God's love is infinite and intimate. God's love is limitless and pushes us beyond the comfort of our limitations. It is focused and fruitful. It is powerful and tender. God's love is the unifying principle of the universe and the rock of our faith. It's the sum and substance of our hope. It is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. God's love gives us peace in our present and pushes us Into our possibilities. It reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. God's love is cosmic, and God's love brings grace and mercy to the most mundane details of our lives. God's love is a pencil equipped with an eraser, it is productive. And corrective. It is chastening and forgiving. It is disciplining and merciful. It is challenging and gracious. It is patient and relentless. It is how God walks with us, God's staff guiding us, God's rod protecting us, our good shepherd with us, never leaving nor forsaking us all the days of our lives, any loved folk in here today. God's love is moving us into new territory, and now is the time to take it. That's what Acts chapter 10 is all about. It's about taking territory through love. It's about God giving, God's love giving us power and authority to take territory from the inside out. The love revolution that grows from the inside out. The love movement advancing from the inside out. Acts 10 begins with God giving vision to a Roman centurion on behalf of Peter. Now the Romans were the enemies. They enslaved, oppressed, exploited, abused the Jews. Yet God gives a Roman centurion a vision on Peter's behalf. This is what Paul would later describe in Romans 8 and 28 as God working all things out for the good, for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God working all things out for the good. That's how through it all we know that we are gonna be all right. Oh yes, you're gonna survive that thing. In fact, it's only gonna make you stronger. You're gonna overcome that heartbreak. In fact, it's only gonna make you better. You're gonna, you're gonna come back from that defeat. It's only gonna make you work harder. You're gonna recover from that disappointment. Be encouraged is only gonna clarify your purpose. Your setback is not fatal. Your setback is a setup. We're taking territory because God is working it out for the good. So be confident that you're gonna be all right. Pray through it, press through it, push through it, because you got God's promise that while you pray it out and you press it out and you push it out, God is working it out. So look at how God works this thing out. Look in our text at how God uses everybody to work it out for everybody. God speaks to everybody to move everybody. God shows up for everybody to liberate everybody. So in the beginning of Acts 10, an angel, a messenger from God appears to Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a military commander of 80 to 100 troops. He's a military commander in the army of Peter's oppressors. He's a man of wealth, and like most ancient rich Romans, Cornelius owned slaves. He's the kind of person we would think Jesus was talking about when Jesus said in Luke 18 and 25 that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Religion dictated that Jews were to have nothing to do with these Gentiles, which basically meant non-Jews, everybody other than themselves, especially Romans. Religion said that having contact with a Roman, going into a Roman's home, letting a Roman into your home would pollute you and make you ritually impure. Yet, God goes first to Cornelius. A side note here is that Jesus acted the same way. Instead of the sick touching others to make others sick, Jesus touched the sick to heal the sick. Instead of ritually polluted others, uh, the ritually polluted polluting others with a touch, Jesus touch purified the polluted. Instead of suffering and troubled folk condemned by religious folk and pushed away from God, Jesus loved them and invited them to God. Is there anybody here who's been touched by Jesus? The Bible tells us in Acts 10 and 2 that despite Cornelius being a Roman centurion, he was a devout, God-fearing, praying man. In fact, God tells Cornelius in in Acts chapter 10 and verse 4 that your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to God. Uh, Just keep that in your mind next time we do offerings. Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to God. So when we give, we're praying. When we're praying, we're giving. You can tell a praying folk because they're a giving folk, and you can tell a giving folk because they're a praying folk. Your prayers, next time you, you pray, your prayers and your gifts to the poor are come have come up as a memorial offering to God before God and so he apparently Cornelius apparently understood that his salvation was not in religion but in relationship that when he reached out to God he would discover that God was already reaching out to him so God goes to Cornelius Lieutenant Cornelius to work things out for Peter in order to work things out for everybody So hang with me uh, quickly as we quickly walk through God's strategy for taking territory with the weapon of love. Check this out. Verse 5, God sends a message to Lieutenant Cornelius to leave town and go to the city of Joppa to bring Peter back to Caesarea. Peter is staying at the home of Simon the Tanner. A tanner is a person who who takes animal skins and converts them to leather. He t- Simon the Tanner was a Jew outcast from his people because his job required him being around dead animals. So, you, you know, he was ritually impure. He was religiously polluted. <laughs> but God blessed Simon the Tanner anyhow with a roof over his head on a seafront property. <laughs> God is all right with me. Verse seven, Lieutenant Cornelius gives God's instructions to a devout soldier and sends the soldier and his soldier and his servants to get to Joppa to get Peter. Y'all with me? I'm losing myself in this, God is, God is doing all this stuff. Meanwhile, God gives Peter a vision. Our text, which we'll get to in a minute. On the roof of Joppa's house, of, of Simon's house, God provided Simon the tanner. After Peter's vision, the police escort shows up at Simon the Tanner's house to get Peter. Meanwhile, God tells Peter the men are coming to go to, uh, to, and so go down from the roof to go meet them. The men tell Peter that God told Cornelius to tell the men to tell Peter. Peter violates Jewish religious codes by inviting the men to stay the night at Simon the Tanner's house. That's rather rude. You invite somebody to spend the night at. Your house. (laughs) I love the word of God. (laughs) Next day, the men take Peter and some of the brothers from Joppa to Cornelius' home in Caesarea. Lieutenant Cornelius has apparently witnessed to his relatives and friends what God has revealed to him, so they came through to his house. So the Bible says that when Peter and the brothers from Joppa showed up, there was a large gathering of people. And up to that point, Peter had no idea why Lieutenant Cornelius' men had abducted him with God's, under God's instruction and brought him to a pagan city. So, <laughs> Lieutenant Cornelius tells Peter what God told him. And that's when Peter finally understood the weird vision God had shown him. And that's when Peter understood his assignment was to speak truth to power to these people. And that's when Peter understood God was pushing Peter through his religious hindrances to take new territory with the weapon of God's love. So, now that we've gotten through all that, here is the vision God gave Peter. Peter had gone up to the roof of Simon the Tanner, Simon the outcast, Simon the rejected, Peter was a holy, devout man, so he went up there to pray. Amen. Peter was also hungry. Now, the food was being prepared, but Peter was hungry then. Peter is hungry, and he needs something to eat. The Bible says Peter falls into a trance. And while in the trance, Peter has something like a dream. Now, naturally, because Peter is hungry, he dreams about food. Peter is hungry, God gives him a dream about food. And in this dream, a giant tablecloth from heaven is let down to earth. The tablecloth from heaven is filled with all kinds of food say, all kinds of food. Now, Peter is holy, he only eats certain food according to his particular religious diet but in the tablecloth from heaven is all kinds of food so when God tells hungry Peter to get up and eat holy Peter says surely not Lord I have never eaten anything impure or unclean Peter is hungry God gives hungry Peter some food, but holy Peter refuses to eat. Now I know, (laughs) I know you holy Bible scholars are ready to point out that according to Leviticus 11, the children of Israel were forbidden to eat certain foods that were considered unclean and impure. So, you Bible scholars may point out, it was religiously proper for Peter to say no to God when God doesn't follow the rules. <laughs> and to put us there, undy- God's tablecloth from heaven were not just none kosher but familiar foods. You know, imagine bacon, barbecue ribs, smothered pork chops. Lobster and drawn butter topped with crab. Krayol style. <laughs> Some of y'all act like you're hungry now. I won't be long. <laughs> you know, foods that are we know are not really good for us to eat, but we eat anyhow because, you know, it's good. But Peter was too holy for that. So he says, no, Lord. But imagine... The tablecloth from heaven had that plantation food, too. You know, pig snout and pig feet and hog maw and chitlins. Food we got sense enough to leave alone understood that back then we, had, we did what we needed to do. Amen? That's all Massa left us to eat. But now we got sense to leave that alone. But they're still culturally familiar. And all this laid out before Hungry Peter. And holy, Peter says, no, Lord. But to get the full effect of the scope of God's vision, understand the Bible says there was all kinds of food from all over God's earth on that tablecloth. Imagine snake soup, fried tarantula, roasted locusts, Baked guinea pig, live shrimp flopping around in a savory sauce, and some grilled puppy dog because puppies are nice and tender when you grill them, and they're puppies. And God says to Peter, eat. But holy Peter says, no, Lord. To make it worse, the food on God's tablecloth from heaven wasn't even cooked. In fact, it wasn't even killed. <laughs> so when the Bible says God tells hungry Peter a third time, you, th- you would have thought, Third, third time Peter that might take something a third time get up Peter kill and eat for the third time say third time for the third time Peter says no Lord and immediately God's tablecloth is taken back to heaven and Peter is left there holy but hungry And if we don't want to end up holy, but hungry, I suggest no and Lord are two words that should never be paired. What y'all think about that? We are defined by what we consume. We are what we eat. We become what we hunger for the most. We are defined by what we pursue. In our season of taking territory, we have to be careful to not be hindered by our hunger. Peter hungered for God, but only within his familiar territory. He hungered for God, but only through his cultural lens. He hungered for God's love, but only love filtered to his own kind, his own people, his own church, his own religious culture. But you can't take new territory if you think God's love is just confined to you. God pushed Peter from where he was in order to get Peter to where God wanted him to be. And what God did to Peter, God is doing to us. God gives Peter a discomforting vision. God gets him inducted by Lieutenant Cornelius' soldier. God gets Peter taken to his Roman home. There's a crowd of people waiting there for Peter. These people were, were, were the kind of people that holy men like Peter didn't want to associate with. These were folk, holy people, like holy people like Peter thought were beneath them. There were people hungry, though, for a word from God. I wonder if there's anybody here hungry for God. No matter the circumstances, no matter our hindrances, no matter our belief systems, no matter our biases, is there anybody here hungry for God? Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled thank god Peter's hunger for righteousness turned out to be greater than his hunger for religion the bible says when Peter gets to uh, lieutenant Cornelius' home and saw the large gathering of hungry people that's when he got the point of god's tablecloth from heaven. That's when the vision began to click. That's when it made sense. That's when Peter's hunger began to transcend his holier than thou religiosity. That's when Peter got what God was trying to tell him. Peter gets that God is saying, "It's time, Peter, to take new territory and your weapon is my love." So Bible says in Acts Verse 34, 1034, that Peter begins to speak to the people. Peter says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men and women from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Yeah, 1034, it's right there. Peter has gotten a life-changing revelation about the love of God. That God's love is infinite and intimate. That God's love is a door that opens to everyone who knocks. That God's love is for every human on this planet created in God's image and likeness. That God's love seeks the heart of every woman, man, and child. That God loves you regardless of who you are of where you are, of where you've been, of what you've been through, of what you are going through. God's love, he loves you no matter what you into, what you've done, what you are doing, or what's ever been done to you. God's love is bigger than our pain, bigger than our biases, bigger than our traumas, bigger than our grief, bigger than our insecurities, bigger than our rage, bigger than our regrets, God's love overcomes a multitude of sins. God's love is bigger and deeper than culture, gender, national borders, ethnic divisions, class conflict, and racial pathology. God's love is power to overcome depraved violence. Power over rampant militarism. Power over economic genocide. God's love is power to save ourselves from ourselves. To save our existence on this planet earth. To save lives from poverty and starvation. To save nations from self-destruction and to save souls from hell. That's why our mission given through from God through pastor is to share the love of Jesus Christ with the world and that's why we're taking territory in 2023 and the weapon is love so as we move to conclusion Bible says Peter speaks to the crowd of strangers in a foreign land Peter shares the love of Jesus Christ with them In verse 36, Peter tells them the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 38, Acts 10 and 38, Peter tells them how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. I can hear Jesus saying new faith." Now go and do likewise. And the Bible says in verse 44 that while Peter was still speaking these words of God's love, the Holy Spirit came on all, say all, all. came on all, say all. all. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The Spirit came on the religious and the non religious. The Spirit came on Jesus' followers and the Gentiles the spirit came on the sinners and the saints God poured out the spirit on the folk in the balcony and the folk on the main floor the spirit came in those it was expensive cologne and those smelling like weed the spirit came in those proper church attire and those still in their clubbing gear the spirit came on those who went to Sunday school and those who just came out of somebody's bed Peter preached the love of God for everybody, and everybody experienced the power of love because God's power accompanies God's love. For the Bible says that God is love. The more love in the house, the more power in the house, the more love in the house, the more God in the house, the more love in the house. The more spirit in the house, the more love in our lives, the more healing from the power of the devil. The more love in our lives, the more empowered our lives, the more love in our lives, the more productive our lives. The more love in our lives, the more God in our lives. You know... Just on a personal note the thing is that even in my worst moments and I do have some bad moments even in the most devastating cycles of life occurrences and situations I like me I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a work in progress I get it right sometimes. I get it wrong sometimes, just like all y'all. But I'm learning to like me better. I'm a work in progress. I get it right sometimes. I get it wrong sometimes. But in fact, I'm learning every day and more and more how to love me. And I've learned to love me because God loves me. And I love me with the love of God so much that I've got to love you. And I love me with the love of God so much that I deeply want you to love you. Because God loves you. And because God loves you, you got no right to not love yourself and to love each other as God loves you. Because you are worthy of the love that you give yourself and the love that you demand for yourself. You are worthy of the love that you give to yourself and the love that you demand for yourself. And if we could all agree on that, that we're all worthy of love, that every human being is worthy of love, we could do all things through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. If we could agree with God that because God loves us, we should love us and that all of God's diverse global gumbo of children are us, we could accomplish anything. And not only that, we could accomplish everything. God is doing a new thing, it's a love revolution. Can you not perceive it? It's time to take new territory, fresh outpouring of ministry, fresh manifestation of spirit's power, fresh wind, fresh breath, fresh anointing, fresh healing, fresh forgiveness and reconciliation, Fresh relationships, fresh vision and movement, fresh praise, fresh prayer, fresh teaching and learning and understanding and doing, fresh living, fresh territory, the spirit of the living God falling fresh. we are taking territory and the weapon is love. We're taking territory because through it all, we are more than conquerors through God who loves us. And we are persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So give God praise for love. Let's declare a season of love. Fresh love brings fresh power. Fresh love brings fresh peace. Fresh love brings new hope. Come on, y'all. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. With the love of God, I love you. I love you because I love me. I love me because I love you. We love each other because God loves us. Now give God praise for a love revolution. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast of New Faith Baptist Church International. If this message has been a blessing to your life, we ask that you please partner with us by sowing a seed of faith so we can continue to extend the body of Christ. Join us as we continue to move forward by faith.